We're proud to be sponsored by MyFlex Learning. MyFlex Learning is a scheduling platform that helps middle and high schools meet the individual needs of all students. Schools can easily create and manage time for flex blocks, win time, activity periods, RTI, counselor and teacher appointments, and much more. And with its built-in accountability tool and reporting features, MyFlex Learning solves your challenges around getting kids where they need to be and understanding how flex time is spent. Make your flex time work for you. Visit MyFlexLearning.com B to learn more and receive $500 off the first year. That's MyFlexLearning.com B-E. Hey everyone, Dr. Jones from the Scene to Lead podcast here. You are going to love this episode. Seriously, in this conversation, John talks to us about how to build a positive culture and gave us a great resource in the first five. More to come on that later. He explains how time is one of our greatest resources and we can use it effectively just by putting in a few minutes a day to get started. In fact, this conversation was so good, it went on longer than expected. That's a win for you, the listener, because I had to split it into two separate episodes. This first one has John really going into the idea of the first five and actually explaining the how and why of what it looks like in schools. And you'll immediately, once you hear him, be able to see the impact it has on your building culture. So enough from me. Check out this episode for yourself. And remember to comment and subscribe so more people can benefit from great guests like John. Within that first five minutes, it's just about being intentional to find a way to just connect with that student or to have some like meaningful conversations about whether it's character or about self-care, or I think, you know, the, the perfect compliment to self-care is, you know, care for others or empathy. And that's what the first five is all built around or those four main things. It's, it's connection, care, like the self-care and care for others and then character. Dr. Chris Jones here, and welcome to Seeing to Lead, a show designed to help leaders increase their ability to effectively support, engage, and empower their staff through intentional practices so that they create an environment where everyone reaches their greatest level of success. On Seeing to Lead, communication rules the day as we hear voices from both teachers and leaders in an effort to examine perspectives, highlight misunderstandings, and provide steps to ultimately bridge the gap between what teachers need and provide through thought dialogue. This show is about amplifying voices, creating understanding, and providing information to help everyone continually improve. I want to personally thank you for taking the time. Now, let's get to getting better. John J. Whalen is a leading restorative practices pioneer in both theory and application. He has trained thousands of teachers, staff, and students throughout the United States. He's an innovator in professional development and training. John has spoken at numerous national education conferences, including ASCD Empower, ASCD Leadership Conference, the ESEA Conference, National Association of Community and Restorative Justice Conference, the Music City SEL Conference, and the Texas Association of Secondary School Principals Conference. John is the author of the book Classroom Circles, a toolkit for building relationships and strengthening school communities. He currently brings his experience to his role as a principal at the Teof Nioga Riverside Academy, a fourth through eighth grade building in upstate New York. He spent 15 years in the classroom teaching both second grade and sixth grade mathematics. 
He's also spent over three years as a district restorative practices coordinator, leading implementation in over 10 primary and secondary schools. John resides in Conklin, New York, with his wife and two daughters. He enjoys hiking, skiing, and camping. He is a graduate of SUNY, Geneseo, and Binghamton University. I'd like to welcome John to the show today because um, I'm really excited to talk to him. We had some pre-show conversation, and it seems like we're really on the same page around culture and climate, but um, he's got a lot of strategies and resources that he's going to help the listeners out with today. Welcome, John. Chris, thank you so much uh, for having me from from one Northeast guy to another. I'm I'm excited (laughs) to be here. Hey, we might as well keep it in the region, right? Right, right. Well, you know, our summer's over, so it's uh, we're, 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 we're probably both celebrating and mourning that at the same time. Uh, yes. Well, you know, summer's over, and um, I think you're going to be getting a little more snow than we are, so uh, you usually get quite a bit more than us. Yeah, uh, here in, in uh, the southern tier, we've, we've had a couple pretty big snowstorms the last few winters, more so than we'd ever had as a kid, so we're, I, I enjoy it. Love to snowshoe, love to be outside, love that day off on occasion. You know, from, from school, where you get to, you know, just go outside and enjoy the weather. Absolutely. Hey, um, you know, I want to start off right off the bat. Now, I had I had told the listeners that um, you're full of strategies and resources and things like that. And one big resource that they can use right away in the classroom with students is your book, Classroom Circles. So why don't you tell us a little bit about that and um, and the importance of that work and, and what's in that book? Yeah, I uh, became very interested in, in, you know, the philosophy, the idea of restorative justice, you know, probably back around 2013, 2014. And after going to my first conference to, to learn about it, and it was a conference that really focused on not just education, but also the judicial system. I, I stumbled upon a, a book on, on circles, on community circles at, at that conference and you know, brought it back to my classroom, hoping that it would be a, a great strategy to use with some of my sixth graders. And, and I had a couple of challenging classes that year. And I thought, you know, I was really, I was really, you know, open to the idea of trying anything, you know, to, to really get things to, to be a bit smoother and the kids to, you know, buy more into the, the class and each other. And so I, uh, you know, I, I just like, if you had a, you know, a basal reader, that's what it felt like I would read out of this circle book and, and it went okay. It was a little bumpy, but I, you know, after a few of them, I, I found that it was, uh, it was impactful. And, and so, you know, I, I continued pushing to learn about it and, uh, you know, made my way into, you know, more research of restorative and uh, started traveling to different parts of the country to learn about it and found, uh, you know, some people in Texas I worked with that uh, gave us the opportunity to teach this idea to, to educators. Uh, but really, for me, I guess the best part before writing the book was I, I got to watch other people facilitate circle and, and, and got to learn some great strategies that I'd never thought of and, and combine them with the ones that work great for me. And after a couple of years of that, of, of working with teachers, I realized there wasn't really a book by, you know, an educator, somebody that was in the classroom, especially on the middle school, you know, secondary level that, that really broke it down like in our language, you know, in our middle school, high school language. And so I challenged myself to you know, take all the experiences I had and a lot of my peers uh, were, were happy to offer uh, ideas. Uh, my great friend, Denise Holiday co-wrote a big part of that book with me and was along the way with me with, with many of the ideas that, you know, I was trying to share, but also her parts are amazing. And, uh, challenged myself to do that and wrote in about most of it in about a, about a month, but it took me about a year really to wrap it up. And, uh, you know, I was grateful that one of my professors at BU, um, Jackie Visser pushed me to finish it, you know, as, as part of finishing my administrative degree. And sometimes I start things and never finish and 
I don't know if, if, if she hadn't challenged me with that, if I had ever finished it, but I'm so glad I did. And uh, currently working on a second edition of it uh, right now that I, I'm hoping to have done soon. I would have liked it done about a month or two ago, but the summer has been very busy with a lot of uh, great work that I've been part of. And, and so I'm, I'm hoping to get to that soon. So yeah, it's a, it's a great book for educators. Uh, it really goes over a lot of things. It goes over like, you know, the five W's, you know, of, of circles for educators, you know, the who, what, when, where, why, and even the how, uh, but a lot of great strategies and ideas and resources, you know, built within the book so that you can, you know, go out and experiment, you know, right away and, and have something to go back to, you know, to check for strategies and ideas. That's cool. I, you know, you said something that really made me think that, uh, first of all, I almost fell over in my chair when you said you wrote it in about a month. Yes, it took you a year to wrap up, but you wrote it in a month. I, the reason I'm thinking that is because of something you said before that. Books by educators, written in the language that educators will understand or be able to be able to live in or step into, you know, accessibility is so important. And I think you wrote it in a month because you live it and you know it. And there, there are certain things that educators know and live that they can put in a way for others. One of the things I'm wondering about is when you talk about this book and you talk about doing um, circles in the classroom and things like that, how does a leader or can a leader do circles with their faculty? That's uh, I am so glad you asked that because there, there, I think there's a number of approaches you can take as a leader or even, you know, somebody that's just a team member, you know, with a group of teachers, uh, you know, I think they could be utilized is, is part of a, like a PLC process amongst the team in that, in that sense. But, you know, looking at it through a leadership lens, you know, I, I had the chance, you know, was I did a lot of professional development out in Texas to really sit through a lot of circles with teachers, you know, more as like a, as a facilitator of professional development. But, you know, I learned a lot just through practice and in, in doing it over a number of summers that when I started my, my role as principal in Whitney Point back in 2019, it was really the first approach I took to get to know our, our staff. I, we had a, a staff of, I, I would say, roughly 80 plus staff members, maybe maybe a few more if you consider our, you know, other our educators that aren't in the classroom, like our uh, our paraprofessionals, our, our food service or custodial staff. We, we've, we've had a, a decent sized staff. And so the first month I, I started there, I, I, I scheduled a circle that I facilitated in it was totally optional. And I'd say we had about roughly half of our faculty showed up and, um, and it went really well. And it was a bigger group. I mean, it was a, usually we don't do circles that big. It's, you know, it's, I usually try to stay around 20 at the highest, but, you know, I think we had closer to 30, the first one. I remember doing it on our stage in our auditorium, but as I scheduled them each month, we, we, we kept it optional. And I, and I found that we, we always stayed at right or at least around that 50% mark again, on a totally optional after school opportunity. And so uh, I, I really use that as a way to bring everybody together as, as a process and, and uh, you know, just teach everybody, you know, how circle runs and the guidelines and, and build some questions. But really it was about, you know, let's put down everything for half an hour, you know, 45 minutes. Some of them, but some went longer than, you know, I thought they would and they wanted to stay, which was great. But it was really just that, you know, put everything down. Let's just be in the moment together. Let's learn about each other because I, I really believe through my experience as an educator that, you know, teams or faculties that get to know each other in an authentic way, have that opportunity to understand each other, especially when the going gets tough. And if they, and if you have that chance to understand people that are different from you, that's the whole uh, idea of learning what respect is. And so if, if you have faculties that can really work under this lens of respect, 
think amazing things can happen. And in a selfish way, as a leader, it was a great way for me to get to know people in a fun way pretty quickly. We had some great answers uh, from, from teachers, which were just, uh, you know, looking back three years, it was just a, such a great way to start uh, with a staff. And so we did that every month from September 19 to February 20. And then and then um, in my first year was when the pandemic started. And so uh, fast forward to March, that's when um, we went fully remote for the year. And, you know, a number of our staff members came to me and said, you know, we've really missed this idea of doing circle every month. And so what we did was we scheduled one every week on Fridays at 10 a.m. And I had a couple of staff members who really jumped headfirst into facilitating circles. And so they uh, were great to volunteer. I would write up the questions and share them with them and get some good feedback from them. They weren't afraid to give me feedback, which I was always grateful for. And but the fun part was we'd all go in our own Zoom rooms with about 10 to 15 teachers and then come back and always had a great time. And it was a little different than being in person. But what, what I'll never forget was I got a number of emails from different people that you know, that spring saying that that was one of their most important parts of the week because, you know, everybody just stopped and you know, everybody had, you know, been, been home and uh, not seeing people and it, especially educators who are such social beings and creatures that, that it was really, really important to just come together and just be in the moment with each other. Again, we weren't talking about uh, curriculum or assessment or, uh, you know, anything like that. It was really just just checking in on each other, having some fun, having some laughs, but really, you know, in, in a long-term approach, really solidifying some great relationships. What a fantastic culture builder, mm-hmm. you know, and, and so often, and I would even, I would even argue, you know, you talk about the virtual and it's not as good as in person. No, but it kind of, it kind of separated the idea of climate versus culture and how it shows that that's a culture builder rather than just your climate band-aid, so to speak at the time because they actually weren't sitting in front of each other. They were there virtually and they were still coming and still building those authentic relationships. That's, that's a really neat way to, to explain it. I just, I wrote that down. Um, yeah, it's, uh, you know, one thing that you'll, you'll hear from me throughout our, conf- our conversation today is, I, you know, I loved how you said that. Uh, I, you could do a circle here and there, you know, is, is a, is a climate builder, is a, is an approach to say, you know, I want to take some time to get to know each other. But it's that consistency is where really the culture is built over time. It's that brick by brick idea. It's, uh, you know, I tell new teachers, it's, you know, the first week I, I've worked with so many before where I'll say, hey, it's, I, I got to tell you now, and it'll be hard to understand that it's the long view, you know, as an educator, you know, that it pays off way down the road. What's that idea too with this, that, you know, if, if you schedule those intentional times to, to connect, not just with your staff, but I mean, if you then the hope is then you see the value of it and that you, you, you take these opportunities with your students too. But if you do it over time, it, it can really pay some amazing dividends for your, your culture, uh, for people's happiness. And then, you know, as leaders, I mean, let's just, you know, address the elephant in the room. I mean, staff retention is a huge challenge right now. And, and, and I'll tell you rightfully so, I think teachers are, are beginning to see that they have some some freedom or I don't know what the right word is, but they, they have some options now, you know, to, to look for districts and, uh, you know, we've definitely seen that here in upstate New York, but it's, uh, I, I think those buildings where the culture and, and the teacher is valued highly are the ones that are going to retain those great teachers that are going to want to show up or take that extra 30 minute drive each way, you know, to be in those buildings. And so, uh, I, I really believe circles can, can be that, you know, when, you know, I'm not saying you necessarily have to do them every month, but I think that would be a great thing if you had the opportunity to. It's interesting that you say not do them every month, but consistency really is the key. And 
and that's hard, right? To to actually put something down and make sure you're consistent in its execution so that people actually then buy in and you move to that culture shift. Um, there's so many excuses. But one of the things that I'd I'd want to hear about is this thing you have called the first five and how I look at that as almost a way to keep yourself consistent because it's you can access it and it's it's not a huge heavy lift to start getting some really good traction with your teachers with your students yeah uh, and actually I'm glad you brought that up because you know, we talked about that consistency and in, 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 you know committing to doing something over time you know I want to learn a new language I can't just focus on it for a few weeks I gotta keep fresh with it consistently and you know circle is challenging you know especially uh, on a leadership level, because you have so many other meetings and, and sometimes contracts are, are a huge you know, competitor of having flexible time, you know, and especially mandated things that you have to do, you know, whether it's you know, faculty meetings to uh, you know, any type of meeting, really. It, it's hard sometimes to get your whole staff together to be able to do circle. And, and it's same with your classroom, especially on that secondary level where you get, you know, 40 minutes a day with, with a group of kids. It's hard to give up 20 minutes. And, you know, that's and in, in really 15, 20 minutes is if you got it down pretty well. You know, it takes some time to right. get to that point. But uh, the, the idea of the first five is to say, all right, you know, circles are, you know, circles have a, a definite structure to them where, you know, even with adults, I, I think you really got to schedule at least half an hour of time. And, you know, in an ideal situation, time wouldn't be the issue. But we know that that's just in a school setting. It's just not, you know, that's one of the challenges, too, is like trying to take some of these ideas and fit them into a, a box that's known as education you have to kind of give and take both ways to to make some of these ideas work. Supporting your teachers and students seems to be a struggle. They just don't seem to be engaged. You wish they would take more responsibility for their learning and culture of the building, but they just don't seem to be empowered enough to do it. So my question is, have you checked out the book Seeing to Lead yet? It's all about creating a true educational experience where learning, growth, leadership, and community take center stage. Full of strategies and resources, Seeing to Lead is about attaining that goal by employing a model that supports, engages, and empowers all individuals to become leaders themselves. Pick up a copy today at seeingtolead.com. That's S-E-E-I-N-G-T-O-L-E-A-D.com. Remember, you don't become a leader and then decide you need to support and recognize others more than yourself. It is the moment you realize it's about supporting and recognizing others that you become a leader. Seeingtolead.com. Uh, the idea of the first five is knowing that sometimes circles can take 15, 20 or longer. First five is, is taking the, the name of it itself is to remind yourselves that in the first five minutes of our time together with students, whether I'm in a classroom, whether I'm in a, in a working with a small group of kids, like in a, uh, an AIS or a, you know, an NTSS or an RTI setting, or, uh, or, you know, if I'm a, a counselor, you know, meeting with a, a student or a couple of students within that first five minutes, it's just about being intentional to find a way to just connect with that student or to have some like meaningful conversations about whether it's character or about self-care, or I think, you know, the, the perfect complement to self-care is, you know, care for others or empathy. And that's what the first five is all built around, or those four main things. It's, it's connection, care, like the self-care and care for others, and then character. And we use nine different strategies for that. And what, what I love about it, and this was Doug's creation, and it was just such a brilliant idea. And I feel like I've helped kind of harness some of the ideas and 
and you know having two minds creatively building some of these things i think we've built some neat stuff but it's uh, the first five is it's an email that we send out each day you sign up uh on, on our website it's totally free like there's no strings attached uh it's it's mailed to you every morning at 7 a.m eastern which is kind of a bummer for those in california because they, we've had a few people say oh it's at 4 a.m we haven't figured out how to like it's it's a challenge or our, or our friends on the other side of the of the globe we've had a a number of educators that are teaching uh, in, in China that, you know, the said, you know, when you send it at 7 a.m., it's 7 p.m. You know, later uh, on Monday and you're sending it for Monday morning. But uh, we do, it, there is a sign up online and it's uh, each morning at 7 a.m. You get an email and there's nine different ideas, activities focused on connection, care and character. And so there's always a funny meme every day. There's always five questions you can use to connect with kids or with staff. Uh, it's funny because I've, st- I've shared this with a lot of administrators and they use them to start their faculty meetings. I know that uh, a number of people I've talked to use them in the main office, like the secretaries use them as the kids come in. Sometimes kid comes in, you know, a little worked up about something. We have some funny things called quick connects, which are uh, you know, they'll, they'll show a picture of like three or four things. It's like, what would you choose? You know, and, and we always try to make them fun and interesting and relevant to kids. Like one of my favorite one is it's just a picture of the heel of the bread. It's like, if you see the heel, what do you do? Do you eat it? Do you leave it? Or do you, or do you throw it away? You know, and, 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 you know, it's just a fun dilemma. I think we've all lived with at one point and thought about as we looked in that cupboard, but uh, there's those each day, there's check-ins, ways of check-ins with, with kids. And it's, it's a different idea every day. So we figured we're going to be doing 210 editions of these this year. And each day there's nine different new activities. So uh, there's, there's check-ins, there's at the door ideas on how to greet students at the door. Uh, there's some neat inter- uh, research out there that says, you know, the teachers are even, I mean, think about it through a leadership lens. If you're, you know, greeting staff as best you can at the door uh, at an education lens or at a teaching lens, it's uh, teachers that greet kids at the door. There was one study that said it's, it's about a 20% boost in engagement and about a 10% decrease in, in uh, disruptions and behavioral issues that's done on a consistent basis. So we give a new idea for that every day. We also do a mindfulness idea or activity that, that's also, I, I feel, especially on the secondary level, uh, built for educators to be willing to try, uh, you know, something very beginner level uh, that's quick too, you know, a 30 second to a minute at most mindfulness idea or a way to just stop and pause. There are, uh, there's an activity each day that focuses on positivity. And I think that really falls well into a lot of SEL approaches. And then our last two are my favorite is, is a teacher or is our character focus. And we always do that through a quote, whether it's, you know, some famous quote that we found or a video, we'll find a great video on YouTube that teaches a great lesson or a great story. And that our hope is even if you just show it great, but sometimes those can also drive conversation. They can drive writing prompts. It can be something you can loop back to when there's an issue in the classroom. So we send this out every day with this pretty simple idea for educators and for leaders that here's nine ideas, grab one and run with it, see how it goes. And, and uh, the whole idea too, is they're all built with, it can all be done in less than five. And I'll be honest with you, most of them can be done in less than two minutes. So that's the first five. And if you do that each day, you know, if you do it five days a week in your classroom or, you know, a meeting with your staff, you know, five times two, that's 10 minutes of like dedicated, intentional time just to kind of get together with people and get to know each other. And that's, and that's the idea that, you know, our time is so precious, uh, whether we're in leadership or in an education role. And that's what I, what I love about this. And I think that's why we're seeing a lot of interest in the idea. That's cool. That I, I really like that because that's almost a stepping stone to get you into building up to that time where, you know, we say we don't have time. And granted, there are things that we need to get to, but 
I also, I'm a firm believer in the idea is we make time for what's important. And if those few minutes each day, if we then step back and say, hey, I spent three minutes on average each day for five days, there's 15 minutes. Well, a circle, once I'm practiced at it, takes 15 minutes, maybe 20, 25 while I'm getting my chops ready for for getting it done um, in the 15 minutes. But what keeps me from saying, hey, look, I did this all week. These are the minutes that I've put into it. Why wouldn't I take that chunk of minutes and do it once a week? Because I'm basically doing it now, just spreading it out. And so it becomes a value added versus like, what else really, what else would I be doing with that time that's as important as building the culture and the community that I am? Chris, you figured out our whole approach. I mean, that was, <laughs> I mean, that, I mean, in a sense, that, that, that was the whole idea is, is it, because I, I think, and I don't want to say it's great teachers that figure it out. It's just, I, I stumbled upon, you know, taking, you know, little breaks like this to connect with kids each day. But it's just, you know, a lot of times it's, I, I've got this big curriculum I got to make sure I cover and these high accountability and pressure and, and all these other things where it's hard to say, hey, it's hard for me to even say that I can, you know, take 10 minutes to do, you know, some type of connection activity. And uh, what, what I love about this is it, they're built in such a way that it's simple. You can differentiate them very quickly. So the, like our questions, that's my baby. I love building questions that can get students talking. And uh, our questions each day, we give five. And so two of them we consider, we call them like shallow-ended questions. They're I guess maybe the best way to put them is they're, they're more low risk. You know, like, a, you know, who's your favorite baseball team? I'm a Mets fan. and I'm not doing so great right now, you know, after <laughs> their last week and getting swept by the Braves. But, you know, we try to do questions like that, just fun questions where we get to learn about each other. Uh, then there's um, the middle end. In the middle end, you know, if you, you think of like a, a pool or, you know, some type of a, a tub, right? You got like a middle end is where, you know, it's about that four to five foot section. And it's a question where you as the person answering can choose whether, you know, I want to stay more in that safer area and to share something you know, safe, or I might want to share a little bit more deeper. And, you know, and there's a lot of questions that, that open up the uh, opportunity for the participant to choose how they want to answer. So we call those uh, middle level questions. And then our favorite actually has the word favorite in it of, of the five. It's our first five favorite. And these are ones that we've have been tested over and over you know, on, on students of all ages that are just fun. And, and, and they're almost all, uh, useful from K to 12. It, it, it's my wife's a pre-K teacher and she'll use them with her kids and we'll use them when we're working with campuses with high school kids. And it's just, you know, you get five-year-old answers from five-year-olds, but you get 16-year-old. And, and so they're just, you know, from 16-year-olds, it's just, it's a fun, uh, fun thing to do. And, and by giving five questions, it's like, you know, pick your favorite one, give everybody a chance to answer it, have your different ideas we share on how to, you know, answer your questions as a group. And most of the time, those questions can be done two, two and a half minutes. And, and then, you know, you segue right into your objective or, you know, your, your transition into whatever it is you're doing. So, or the quick connects are by far the favorite, though. They're the visual ones where it's like, yeah. you know, choose three or one's got to go forever. Uh, we had one last week with uh, pizza, chicken wings, hamburger, and taco. One has to go forever. You don't know how many kids were like, I, I can't pick. You know, it's, and we said, well, you have to. You know? <laughs> yeah. uh, so it's, it, it I, what I love about it is it just it's 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 a great reminder, and that's the whole idea of the email too. At seven a.m., it shows up in your inbox. Uh, we, that was very intentional on Doug's part as he created it initially with the district he worked in, just so you see it in the morning. That's what almost that's what we do, and it's just even if you can't get a chance to open it that day, we're hoping that that's just a reminder. Oh, I got to remember to you know check in on my kids or to greet them at the door or take a moment and and do something. And that and you, and you hit it on the head earlier. Those, all those ideas scaffold over time and to really being able to circle authentically with kids and you know, a little secret on it is those nine activities that we offer each day are 
can also be interchanged as components of circle, you know, as we unpack it to teachers and educators when we, when we, when we teach them a process that we found to be super effective and super, you know, I, I don't know what the right word is, but it really, we, we found that our process of teaching circle really is, uh, teachers really understand it. Cause again, it's, it's from an educator, uh, you know, someone that's been in the, in the, in the trenches, I guess, or, you know, in, in, right. in, in the classrooms, you know, working with this and, failing a lot and figuring out a lot out as well. And so uh, it's, it's, it, yeah, that's exactly what the first five is, but for staff, it's great. I mean, it's a great way to start off a faculty meeting yeah, or one of those, cool. those quick connects. Uh, yeah. You know, there's one like, which way, you know, which way do you like your coffee? You know, and it's got eight different pictures of, you know, the, the different shades of coffee or, you know, I guess you could do your happy hour one with certain staff, you know, which, <laughs> uh, what's your, your favorite weekend beverage, right? whatever that is. Yeah. You know, it's just, it's a fun way to come together before we, you know, transition into, you know, whatever's at hand in the meeting. That's great stuff. I, you know, it's, it's funny because you talk about it and I would, I, I would even issue a challenge to anybody listening to this podcast. The idea that if you've ever been a teacher, if you've ever let kids line up at the door early, one of my pet peeves, by the way, or you've wrapped it up early and said, oh, you know, just work on some homework if you want for those last three minutes. How about just push your lesson back? Cause you know, you've got the time and, and open up with one of these first five. It would be yeah. so much more meaningful. Yeah, I mean, the first five is a, a reminder idea, but of course, I mean, they can really be uh, implemented into the lesson, you know, at any point or in that time. Uh, we, I, it wasn't called the first five, obviously, when I was in the classroom, but, uh, you know, if I finished early, which did happen, you know, from time to time, I always had things in my back pocket, right. whether it was something we could have fun with, uh, whether it was a game or, or uh, a conversation. My, kid, I, my kids really enjoyed seeing like some current event stuff, you know, that I'd have to watch and make sure it was appropriate. But just little fun ways to have a laugh or a, or a really uh, you know interesting conversation together. Those are the things that kids remember. You know, they, we hope they remember the mathematics and the dividing fraction. But you know, when you ask them years down the line, it's those conversations and those activities that they remember the most. Yeah, when they say, "I remember this happening," you know, Mr. Whalen's class. Mm-hmm. It's it's probably not going to be you know the Pythagorean theorem. You think of those great educators you had. You know, the ones that made such an Im- impact on you and it. If you think back, you might learn like a specific couple of lessons they taught, but what you really recall is the time you spent together and, and what they, you know, how they made you feel, what they might have taught you about yourself or uh, or the way they treated you. And, and I think this opportunity too, or uh, using the first five and, you know, and eventually circles are, are those things that, you know, are the kids do remember. And really think about it too. If you're connecting with kids and kids are buying into you, they're going to buy it. We hope that you're going to buy into what you're selling and that's your, your content. Or it's, you know, dealing with a behavioral issue when it comes up or conflict. I think they're going to be much more willing to, you know, invest their time and their uh, energy into figuring out what happened versus, you know, possibly just pushing it off. Talk about remembering the time you spent together. I told you this was a great conversation. John has provided the reasoning and specific strategies and resources to help us improve our cultures with both teachers and students. I didn't want to, but I had to stop it here because next we're going to be talking about the three key components of intentionality, consistency, and respect when it comes to building a good culture. You don't want to miss the rest of this conversation. Seriously. In fact, want to do me a favor? I would appreciate it if you would take two minutes now to share this show with someone and subscribe wherever you listen so you can catch all the episodes and they will reach more people. So feel free, share it around so more people can hear all these great things from John. 
Thanks for listening and have a great week. Well, that's a wrap, but not the end. Next step, be sure to take action on something you heard here today. Thanks for listening to the Scene to Lead podcast. If you'd like to connect for any reason, email me at drchrissj at gmail.com or catch me on Twitter at Jones. If you've gotten any value from the Scene to Lead podcast, you can help me and other leaders create a world-class environment through a teacher-centric approach by subscribing to the show, leaving an honest rating and review, and sharing this episode on social media with your most valuable takeaway. Learn more at drcsjones.blog. Continue to improve and go have a successful week. There are lots of solutions out there for giving students what they need when they need it. But when do they actually do all those things? You need flexible time. When added into your master's schedule, flex time enables students to get extra help or intervention, meet with teachers, make up work, get physical exercise, and try new enrichment offerings. If you're thinking of giving it a try, check out MyFlex Learning, which unlocks the benefits of flex time without the common challenges. Its intuitive design and SIS integration makes implementation and training a breeze. Make your flex time work for you. Visit myflexlearning.com B to learn more and receive $500 off your first year. That's myflexlearning.com B-E.